Let loose, have fun, and embrace the unconventional. These are the guiding principles of our guest artist, Adriana Johnston. Her journey started through a palette given to her when she was 16, and a photo pinned on her Pinterest opened up a whole new perspective on urban sketching. Now, she's teaching and encouraging other hobbyists to keep on learning and have the courage to deviate from the conventional. The topics that we've covered are the benefits of learning from art books, how to address time constraints and still make time to create, tips to add dynamics to your drawing, and the smear, spider legs, and cross-hatching techniques. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etcherlab.com. Hey, this is Jesse from Etcher. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. Join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. Adriana, thank you so much for being on the show, Make More Art. Um, I'm so excited to talk about today's episode because watching your live it's your technique is so interesting and for me it's it's really a fresh take and perspective on how to mix ink and watercolor and when I was watching your live demo I was like oh my this is really good I never really thought of that I mean I never really thought of a process of mixing ink and watercolor the way she's doing it so Adriana before we dive into your process and techniques can you share a little bit about how you started as an artist yeah well I mean I can always remember a lot loving art just I never painted so I think I got my first watercolor set maybe when I was 16 uh -huh. and so I mean I I did a little bit of watercolor um but you know it wasn't really uh you know it didn't stick that too much I think when I turned 20 is really when I just had a passion for it discovered I had a passion for it I started seeing it on social media and I just wanted to try it and then I just couldn't stop so I just kept going and mm -hmm. I think that's really where it all started I haven't stopped since so wow 20 uh, when you're you're 20 that's soon but, but you yeah. have the first palette at 16. Yeah. So you said that at 16, you got your first palette, but was it something that you were really interested in? Like, cause you, you do ink and watercolor now and you, the way that you marry those two together is just really excellent. Yeah. yeah. So was it something that you've always been fascinated about? No, the ink and watercolor that came later. So I would say, but I can remember when it all started. I saw a picture on Pinterest, actually. It was a watercolor bike. And I was like, oh, you know, I want to try that. So it wasn't, there was no ink involved. It was just watercolor. So I did it. And I was like, okay, this is really fun. Um, I watched a demo of Alex Hilkertz. And he combined the ink and watercolor. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. So then you go, you get into more artists that do the ink and watercolor. Everyone uses different pens. Everyone uses different techniques. It just fascinated me. So I just, just decided I'm going to learn how to combine this. And it's just, it's so fun. You can buy different papers, different pens, different colors. And there's like an endless amount of combinations you can find. And you'll find your favorite one. But like you, you know, you're introduced to so many, so many techniques, so many people do this pen and watercolor, but they use this pen or this paper, you know, but when I saw him doing that, I was like, I, I want to try that. So I did and I, I just love it. 
That's a that's a really good point, Adriana, because you mentioned that um, Alex, and I think I saw that in one of your stories that you bought his book as well. Was, was mm-hmm. that him mm-hmm. that you he has a book? Yeah. And so you said that the, you're absolutely right. There's so many resources for you. It was it started with Pinterest, and then you started you know look looking at other people's work. But it was Alex's that you were. Mm-hmm. Ah, this is a style that I would really want to try. But I did also see that that you you had some books with you, and I've never really owned a, a, an art book or like a book from a watercolor artist. I have some friends who publish their own as well. How different it is learning from reading versus learning from watching. Mm-hmm. I I like to do both. So like I said, I watched his course and then for some reason, I really love art books. I will I'll buy art books like there's no tomorrow. Um, so his was just like, I bought it as soon as it came out. But I also, I, mean, I like urban sketching books because that's that's a lot of the technique. Urban sketchers use a lot, use a lot of the pen and wash you know, technique. I love buying those books. I don't know, I just like to stare at stare at the artwork and then you know they make little notes and it's you can just you know go back and read those little notes that they make like I did this here and I did this here and I don't know there's something about some people learn better from watching a course but you know it's easier for me to go back to a book open up that page okay what did he do here you know I just bought a book by Mark Tara Holmes and he's an urban sketcher and I'm just even fascinated with it he does a lot of drawing and painting but you can just look at it and you can go back here, hey, bookmark it. I'm going to go do something else to come back. I don't know. I, that's just how I like to learn and how I like mm-hmm. to look back on things. That's good. And you're absolutely right. People have different ways of learning. Mm-hmm. When I was watching your live and you were very specific with the steps that you were doing during mm-hmm. your live. And I, I was reading through the comments of the questions who uh, from people uh, who were watching the live and they one participant there uh, from, from the audience asked about the reference photo and your style is very loose, right? With ink and watercolor. And we're going to dive into the nitty-gritty part of it in just a bit. But for other artists, like they they like mirroring everything, like every point. They want it very realistic. Why did you dwell into the loose side of ink and watercolor? That's a really good question. Um, I... I um... I don't struggle for realism. I just struggle for having a good time. I just want to enjoy it. You know, I'm not a full-time artist. This is my, right now it's my hobby. So you come home, you want to paint. I'm not going to stress myself out by painting, you know, realism. I like impressionistic or atmospheric art. Um, It's just what I enjoy. I just love it so much. I've tried realism and it just wasn't for me. It's some people are great at it. Yeah. But it's a good way for me just to relax and I enjoy the I enjoy the final product. I I just like, you know, I like that loose texture, the loose feel, um, an atmospheric touch. There's just so much you can add into it and it's just super play some music, watch a movie while you're doing it. You know, it's just super relaxing and enjoyable and that's what I like about it. That was the 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 point that you kept mentioning in during the live mm-hmm. and for um, during your mini workshop as well was that you just have to enjoy that process and mm-hmm. watching you do it it was like she made it look so easy 
Like, I, I remember someone asking from the audience, like, were those dots? Did she did any pencil marks prior to the uh, adding those dots? And when you were referencing the photo, but then it was, it fascinates me how you were just adding in the dots and then smudging them with your finger and then eventually adding in the watercolor. I'm going to let you talk through that process, Adriana, but what that was the style that you started with and or was it something that you found um, while looking and learning from other artists as well? It definitely wasn't something I started with. It's something, you know, you discover, you, you, you find other artists like in these books, actually, I was reading through one of them. It was an urban sketching book and this artist, his, I just love his style. I can't think of his name, but um, he had that look, like his ink sketches had that look. And I think he was using um, like a pastel mm -hmm. powder kind of to get okay. that smeared look. And so I just tried it with my finger. Just, you know, you get like a little bit of ink and it's still wet and you smear it around. And also it takes away from harsh lines and stuff. Yeah. So I don't do that every time I paint. Like I said, I love to combine different pens with different papers, but I do like that little smear. It just kind of loosens it up more than more so than it already is. So I like the fact that you make art sound so enjoyable, non-restricting, like you're not confining it in into a certain box. These are the rules that I need to follow. These are the materials that I need to use. I'm sure you have your own go-to, but I was looking at your highlights and you were using the food pen and there was a, there's another type of pen. And then you were just covering some colors like medium green that you haven't used in a while. And then you realize that oh, this is something that I can live without now. I mean, looking at that and hearing you talk about it, it's it's as if you are a, an artist who is also is an artist who keeps on learning. How important is, especially for someone who's starting out and say, you know, I, I'm a beginner and I would like to focus on this one. I don't I, I need some guidelines on what to start with. Um, do I need a set of colors to start with or specific ink to to kickstart my urban sketching journey? Or are you recommending to try on different uh, types of ink or different colors, different washes? What is your take on that? My take is you find you find your 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 solids kind of you find these solids that you always can go back to and then you kind of branch out from there. So like my solids are, of course, like a primary color palette. Yeah. And then like a couple different fountain pens. Like I have a few nib one and then I have a fine tip and then I have some fine liners. Um, I always use a watercolor ink or, or sorry, a waterproof black ink. So those are my bases. So then now I'm starting to, oh, I want to try this ink and I want to try this water soluble ink because it, it just has this cool effect and you start branching out from there. So once you have your solids that you're confident in and those, you can always go back to them. Then I start branching out. Oh, I want to try this color. I want to get this different color palette and really different colors that I've never tried. So I just find my base first and then I start branching out finding your base. I think that's it's 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 a good reminder I guess uh, when you're starting out with any type of skill. Uh, as, as when I was starting out, I I really want to try to be able to achieve that finished product. 
Like what is mm-hmm. the easiest and quickest way to be able to achieve this kind of style? And often than that, I would be disappointed with myself because I skip a lot of foundational skills, like the basic ones, or like what you're saying, you know, you layer it, you yeah. start with the base. Um, one interesting uh, thing as well, when I was browsing through your feed, Adriana, and I comparing it when I watched your live demo, right? So in the live demo, you started with ink. But there were also works of uh, works that of you that I've seen on the ground, wherein you started with watercolor. Can you expand a little bit more on that process? How different are, are those two? Yeah. So, so I mean, it all goes back to you find your foundation, then you kind of start branching out a little bit. So, mm-hmm. like lately, I've just uh, I've discovered hot press paper. I used to think I will never use hot press paper. Yeah. I, it's just not for me. That's all I've been buying lately is this hot mm-hmm. press paper. So you, you, a lot of times I'll start with like um, like a fine liner sketch mm-hmm. and then I'll go into more watercolor, then go into more ink details. It's just like this, like I said, it's just having fun. You're just, if you want to try something, try it. Don't stick with right. it just because you've been doing this one thing the whole time. You have to do that. I think, mm-hmm. hey, I think I might try watercolor first. So sometimes I like to do that. Sometimes I don't. It just really depends, you know, what you're feeling that day. Um uh-huh. I just like to experiment and have fun and just buy different papers. It's an expensive hobby for sure, but it's sure fun. <laughs> it is. Uh, watercolor paper tends to be on the expensive side. If you really, yes. I think every artist that I've had on paper really matter. In your case, how important it is, is it? Oh, it's 100% one of the most important things, paper. Mm-hmm. Quality paper. Um, I remember when I first started, you can find some good student grade papers, but really it to me, it's worth it to invest in the expensive paper. It does make a big difference in how your watercolor, well, like your watercolor paintings turn out. Mm-hmm. So. Paper. Okay. Good to know. I, I know it's something that I know by heart that's really important, but you know, sometimes mm-hmm. because the price of it. Yeah. How do you, because pro- I, I, I personally would cut them into smaller pieces, mm-hmm. What yeah. would be your, is it something that you do as well to? Yes, I do. Yeah. I buy, I'll buy the big sheets of paper and then I'll yeah. cut them because, you know, it's, okay. it's a little less expensive. Sometimes I'll, you know, I'll splurge on a block of paper. Like, I, you know, I got a 12 inch by 12 inch block of paper mm-hmm. and they're spendy, but it's like, okay, sometimes you just want that nice block of paper. But yeah, I do go and I buy the sheets and then I get my ruler and I uh-huh. start cutting it or tearing it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one who's doing that. Yeah. No, I do too. <laughs> okay. Um, what did you think that I, that I like about your style? And I have a follow-up question to this is in the live demo, you have the reference photo. And like what you said, you want it, you, you have a reference, but then it's not the exact replica. Like what you said, you don't mm-hmm. want to dive into realism, right? But do you always draw from a reference photo or are you also the type of artist who would go out there, stop at a certain point, look at a structure, piece of architecture, and then draw right there and then? I would like to be that type of artist right now. I'm just, I get so, um, I don't like people watching me paint. That's my biggest thing, you know, like I don't want to stop I've, I've sat in my car and uh, grew a few things or painted a few things yeah but I want to like I know I need to get out of my comfort zone and just just go outside and paint but really the area I live in there's there's no architecture like that there's nothing super I mean you can be inspired it you can find inspiration in anything but there's nothing you know like 
nothing too significant. So I usually go off a reference photo. Oh, okay. Talking about stepping out of your comfort zone, when we were discussing offline, I asked you, do you do any online, are you planning to do an, an on-site class or are you doing any currently any other online classes? I know you did the mini, the live demo back in April and then you did your, you did your mini workshop um, mm -hmm. around first week of March, oh, sorry, of May rather. <laughs> But how, what you said that you, you don't like people watching you mm -hmm. paint the live demo where it live, right? It's, it's live. And mm -hmm. there were like a lot of people watching. How did you get to that point? I'm just interested because for someone who, who doesn't like people watching, how did you overcome that and found the courage to show everyone your process on a live demo? Yeah, it's, it was hard, but it was, it's worth it. It's, you just have to, you just have to push through it. I, I mean, it's hard for me. I get, it's different. I didn't, I wasn't looking at everybody watching me, yeah. but um, you really, you got to push through. You got to get out of your comfort zone. I know you have to, and it was definitely, it was an uncomfortable, but necessary thing for me to do. And I think that'll help me open up to doing more things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe even doing another course or something, but it's just something you got to do. And if you just push yourself, I mean, when you're practicing art every day, you're, you are pushing yourself to practice. And, you know, so this was just a, a little bit bigger push <laughs> for me that I, something I'd never done before. So. And I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. It was a really good class. Uh, people were so engaged and like what I said uh, at the beginning of the call, at the beginning of our, um, at the beginning of the episode, I was fascinated with your style because it was so refreshing to, to have this new perspective or technique on how you mix ink and watercolor. The smearing, the splattering at the end of it, just the looseness of the painting. It's just so refreshing. And if you look at it, it's as if you really spend a lot of time uh, doing it. So when, when you talk about teaching, how do you break down your process? Because there are for, for other teachers, right? And I know you said that that was the first time, but mm -hmm. for someone who likes learning, how did you incorporate what your perspective as a student, um, an artist who still continuously is continuously learning, to teaching your techniques to someone who would mm -hmm. like to learn your style as well? Yeah, I just I just tried to think about what if I were on the other side of the camera watching. I tried to think about that. I like when the artists go into detail about the materials they use. So I tried to do the same thing. Um, you know, you kind of get caught up. You forget sometimes people are watching. So, but I just, I did try to think about what if I were on the other side of this camera and I've watched a few of the live demos. So I, you know, took tips from the other teachers that had done it. Um, but I really tried to be very um explain everything i'm doing all the colors the names of the colors i'm a big if i see a pen that you're using and it looks cool and you're get, you know you're getting a great result i'm probably going to go buy the pen that's probably bad but i'm probably going to do it or the color you know you have this really yeah. cool green what green is that i want to go get it you know yeah so i tried to be super you know explain everything that i'm using that i'm doing so awesome Speaking of style and learning, um, I saw in one of your posts that you are studying like the light, the shadow perspective. Mm -hmm. um, 
can you expound a little bit more on that and how important those elements are, especially in the style of uh, your style of painting? Yeah. So I don't have any formal education in art, really. All of the education I receive is from art books. So, um, like, it, you know, really the first thing any art book starts out with is perspective. That's like the, pretty much the first thing that they start teaching you. I think it's important. And also, you know, you learn the rules so that you can break the rules too. So, but you can, there's, you know, this perspective is a huge thing. It, it adds a more, I mean, if I, if you combine perspective um, and contrast, you get this painting that people are just going to want to stare at. Mm-hmm. Like you just get this, you know, it catches your eye here and it builds up to this something that's full of contrast and then your eye rests down. You know, you want the some you don't want it to be too busy. You don't want it to be too, you know, the eye gets tired kind of. You want something that so I try to go towards like you build it up and then you kind of let it fade out a little bit more. So you have this you know, eyes getting attracted to something that's really, what is that? You know, it's going from one end to the next. But um, I think perspective is a big, it's something I still learn. And I consider myself a beginner, really. I feel like I have so much to learn and so much just to practice. But I think perspective and contrast and proportions, proportions is another big thing. You don't want, yeah, it's a super tall building. And this person's like the half the height of that building, you know, unless, you know, the building is, further back and the person's up forward but yeah yeah I think it's just something you gotta practice practice and practice yeah absolutely but yes I I absolutely agree about perspective I think it's Mm -hmm. it's a really key element um and it guides the eyes of the person or or the audience looking Mm -hmm. at the painting and speaking of that when I was watching your live demo and even when I look at your works right my eyes were drawn to the part where there's a shadow and there's too much contrast Mm -hmm. and down to, okay, it's starting to let loose. Like my eyes are being guided Mm -hmm. that this is my focus. And then when you move like downwards or to the right and to the Mm -hmm. left, it's like greater, it's gradually fading. And that's really interesting because my eyes is not just focus on one, but then it's being guided so it's it's like an exploration. It's an it's like an immersive experience when I look at your works. Yeah. How when when you do when you create something, how would you want your audience to interpret it? I, that's my that's my take when I look at your works. But I would like to hear from the artist's perspective as well as how you would like what is. I guess emotion. You talk about dynamics as well in your live demo. Yeah. How important it is for your artwork to have that in reference to how the your audience will perceive it. Yeah, I mean, I want. I think so. When I look at someone's art that I admire, it just makes me happy. I love looking at a beautiful piece of art, and. I just want, you know, I want them to be happy when they see my art. And I, I guess I've never really thought how I want my audience to feel. I want them to be captivated by it. Like, wow, look at that. Cause you know, when you see like contrast, you put your lightest lights next to your darkest darks and you have that contrast and captures your attention. So I want my audience to be captivated. I want them to be like, wow, maybe I want to try that. I want to go home and pick up a sketchbook. You know, I want to inspire other people to paint or draw or, just you know pick up a sketchbook 
inspire others to make more art. Yeah, absolutely agree on that. That's what we look for here on the podcast. Um, Wow. So mixing ink and watercolor and continuously learning to discover different styles and then sharing it with others through teaching. Are you planning to do any other more classes, Adriana? Because I know that you have an Etsy shop. You are Mm -hmm. showing like some of your techniques on your socials but when it comes to classes and teaching is it something that you want to pursue still yes definitely it's something I thought about making my own course or courses just or mini workshops or something you know it's and I think a lot of people maybe can relate to when you have a full-time job and then you have a hobby that you're trying to just build up and create like I'm currently trying to build a website and then of course Mm -hmm. I want to make this workshop but it's it's a lot so yeah. it's a slow process for me. You get home, you just want to watch TV or something, and you'd have to get out of that little nope. Yeah. You got to work on. You got to work on your hobby or your passion. But uh, yes, it's something I'd definitely be interested in making a little course or a class. So love it, and we'll, we're looking forward to it, to that, to your courses, to your upcoming classes, and to the website, like what you said. Um, one interesting thing about your works as well, and I kind of picked this up when I was browsing through your works, Adriana, the spider strokes. When there are like zoom in uh, photos of your works, and this one in particular was a tree, I think, that I was looking at, and it's like different shades, tonal values of green, and they were like just like small like doodles of mm-hmm. I don't know but when you look at it it really looks like the trunk of the tree and then the, the branches of the tree mm-hmm. can you explain a little bit more about that technique you know do you follow a certain structure and where to put those doodles and or yeah. is it like more random well I think if I'm thinking of the the drawing that you're thinking of it's more it's more, I think random would be a better word for it. Um, I think I saw a tree outside and that's where I got the inspiration for it. So you just kind of, I went into it with, I just wanted to, it's just something I worked on for a couple of weeks. You know, you relax a little. So right. I did more of like a, a scribbly outline of it. And then I use cross hatching to add the value. And then, you know, you go into more detail. So that's what I used for that. Sometimes those are just like a really relaxing way and a warm up. If you like to do warm ups, Mm -hmm. sometimes they turn into your favorite works of art. So you really never know. But yeah, that one was just a lot of cross hatching and building value. And I can't, I think David, David Morales, I believe that's his name. He does a lot of cross hatching sketches. I think he's on Etcher actually. He's done a few workshops on Etcher. Cross hatching. It may be a, a new word for a lot of listeners. Can you share a little bit more about how to do it? Like, like just a overview of what yeah. hatching is. Yes. So basically, you're drawing a series. So say you're starting with horizontal lines or vertical lines. You just do. Let's say you'll do some vertical lines up and down, and then you go over that same area with some horizontal lines or, you know, like a 40 degree, 45 degree angle, just a little of this. And then you keep going up and to the side until you build that value that you want. So it's just up and down to the side. You know, you just keep going until you get that yeah. dark value. Awesome. I, I mean, I, I don't do a lot of ink, but that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a technique that probably I can give a try yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's super fun it's like a really great way to approach 
anything. It's you don't have to be super precise. You can like how all well, the way I do it. You know, you just find that little scribble drawing. Start with a square. Start draw a little box and just practice this cross hatching. Then draw a circle. Practice it. Build that value to where the shadow is down at the bottom. You know. So, but yeah, it's really fun. I, it looks like you're really having fun with it. And like what I said, that's yeah. also the feel that I got when I was watching your live mm -hmm. demo. You talk about, you know, you don't have to really aim for, it has to be the exact ref, mm -hmm. replica of what you're referencing and the looseness part of it. Like, let loose and let go because like what you said, it will surprise mm -hmm. you. Um mm -hmm. Ariana, aside from, from ink and watercolor, one other thing that I've seen in, in your gram, I'm not sure if this is something that you've also been trying to do, the bookbinding. I think I saw that. Um, and, and is it something that yeah. you also do on the side? Um, no, I tried it once uh -huh. because I tried it once and it was fun, but um, it's probably not something that I'll do often. It was just, a, I saw this class and I thought, okay, that's, you know, she, this lady that I was teaching had approach of creating a sketchbook that was inexpensive, that you wouldn't be afraid to mm -hmm. just paint anything in. So that was her outlook on it. And I think that's a great take on it. So that's why I did it. And it was fun. It's a great way to learn. But I think I like buying sketchbooks because I like to put my time into painting. <laughs> so, okay. okay. But, yeah. Did you did you try different things? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's the curiosity part. And then now you found your niche. You found what it is that you really want to spend your time on because it's something that you yeah. value at this point. Um, yeah. Adriana, for, for someone who's starting out and you know, you've shared a lot of golden nuggets in this episode and look, you know, in your live demo and in your middle workshop, which is, by the way, still up on the Etcher Studio website. If you want to learn more about Adriana's techniques, she makes it look so easy, you guys. And the step-by-step -step process, imagine ink and just limited color palette. What are the things that they can expect from the mini workshop, um, Adriana? Um, I think that you can... Well, first of all, I mean, I go over my process, of course. I think you can, I hope you expect us to have fun and learn something new. Maybe you've never used a fountain pen for art or, you know, the colors that I've been using. So I, I hope you can expect to learn something fun and new, something that you can incorporate in all your sketches if you like it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just my outlook on, you know, art, um, watercolor art and how I like to enjoy it, how I like to you know just paint so thanks adriana i'm sure that they will pick up a lot from that uh workshop pretty much how they picked up a lot when they watched your live demo which i really enjoyed by the way um yeah. i was like oh wow it, it's it's like it's the it's a building um mm -hmm. and my thoughts smearing adding in water adding washes uh and then the splatter technique i was like mm -hmm. oh that was really good. I mean, I've never really thought of like doing that technique and then I've never tried fountain yeah. pen even. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a little a little bit intimidating. So when I mm -hmm. saw you doing the dots and then sort of outlining it, no harsh lines, just mirroring it, it's like I never really thought of the fountain pen in that in that way. I thought that mm -hmm. it's more of like for calligraphy or for yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I didn't, I never did either. And I could tell you that before um, I watched uh, Alex Hilkert's demo, I would have never been a fountain pen enthusiast or whatever. But when the first time I got one, and you can find some pretty nice fountain pens, you know, online, and you could just, you know, like one of my favorite ones is the Funim. I think it was less than $10. And, you know, you, so it's a great tool just to experiment with, but I love fountain pens. I mean, there's such a wide range and variety of them. Mm-hmm. You could really just never stop buying them and practicing and all these different inks. So it's kind of um, an addiction if you might. But So yeah, you get one and then you want another one and you're like, no, they're not yeah. the same. But <laughs> yes, yeah. so you hoard and hoard and hoard. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, what I really like about you and your style and you as an artist, Adriana, is that you you put in the effort to learn more. You put in the effort to study. And I think it's really important, especially for someone who's teaching. Um, So you guys will definitely learn a lot from Adriana because having that beginner's mindset really helps when you are sharing something with someone, something that you've learned. So any other golden nuggets uh, before we wrap up, Adriana, that you would like to share with our audience? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing is if you're like just starting out and you love art, I think you should just keep going. I have had periods where I just wanted to quit, like no more. I don't want to do this anymore because you because you'll get to this place where nothing's turning out, and it could be because you're comparing it to somebody else, or you're comparing it to this or to the final product somebody else had. I I don't recommend that. I do it every day, so I can't tell you that I don't do it. But it is just keep going. If you have a passion for it, I think you just need to keep doing it. Just push through. You get, you'll go through little phases where you're like, nothing's turning out. You just got to keep doing it. Um, I think someone told me something once that I really, I really like it said, um, talent without passion is dead. So maybe someone has a talent, but if they don't have a passion for it, it's kind of, you know, it's not as lively as it should be. So if you have a passion for it, but you have to work at the talent, you can just keep working at it. So very well said. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Adriana, for being on Make More Art. Um, mm-hmm. Again, the mini workshop is still up on the Etcher Studio website. If you like what you've heard, if you're if that picked your interest, go ahead and check out the class and you will definitely learn something. Adriana, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being on Make More Art. All the best Thank with you. your classes. Thank you, Adriana. Thank you. I love how this episode is centered on learning and embracing your unique voice and style. Adriana's story is an inspiration to face your fears and to allow yourself to grow in your chosen field. I know that resonates to a lot of our listeners, so if you would like to share your thoughts about this episode, drop us a comment through the blog post associated with this podcast at extralab.com slash Adriana. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please drop us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast where you can find us on YouTube at Etcher Studio. And, oh, hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.